By embracing their natural strengths, women advisors are upending the status quo and challenging the financial industry with a more authentic approach to doing business. Welcome to the Femex Advisor Podcast, where we empower female financial advisors to fearlessly embrace their authentic selves. Adri Miller-Heckman, the founder of Femex Advisor, inspires and empowers women to leverage their natural strengths, creating more energy, passion, and success. Follow along for female-driven, inspirational, and motivational strategies for you to create the extraordinary life you have always wanted. Well, welcome everybody to today's Femex Advisor podcast. I'm Adri Miller-Heckman, founder of FemexAdvisor.com, where women advisors fearlessly embrace their authentic self. My guest today is a unique woman. She has always been more intuitive and insightful than most, but even she got caught up in what society deemed was the definition of success. She's a former Femex advisor, now managing director at Journey Strategic Wealth, and she runs an intentional wealth practice for women. So I want to welcome Kathleen Barlow. Welcome to the call today. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here today. Good. Well, you know, we had a long conversation and success is never what we imagine. Would you agree? Y- yes. I mean, today you have a very successful practice. You've designed it around how you want to live your life. Are you there? Mm-hmm. Is this it? Is this success? I believe that success, at least for me, is an ongoing journey. So, yes, I am successful, but I create different success as I go and I learn new things and I meet new people. So I think it's a it's an evolution, really. Yeah, I would agree. It's kind of like yeah. a journey because you reach one level. But yeah. let's talk about how you got into this business in the first place, because yeah. that's a little unusual. Yeah. So way back when in a different industry had lots of fun selling real estate and my husband was a contractor. We were doing our thing and on the East coast and then 08 came along and really we were affected a lot and had to shift into a different, different work, different lifestyle. And so fast forward, moving from, the East coast to the West coast, I started to meet some new people and was introduced to the financial industry and thought, Hmm, actually I have to back up. My first thought was (laughs) I can't do this because I just had a big financial trauma. Like who Uh am I to be able to help people with this? And I met some really cool people and they said, you know, look at what you've learned from your life. How can you be helpful to other people that have gone through some similar things and need to get on the other side and be successful moving forward? You know, it's interesting. I can't tell you how many women that have gone through the Femex program that got into this business after a divorce and they depended on somebody else, or maybe they lost a business and they just retaught themselves about financial yes. planning and it became intoxicating. Yes. It became a mission. So 
What would you say? So we've talked about a lot of things and we're going to talk about some shifts that you made in the, in your practice, Yeah, but that is a shift by demand, correct? Correct. You had no choice. Correct. And so are those shifts as scary as the other shifts we make in our practice in our journey to success? I say, I think so. I okay. think they're equally as scary. They're, I think the difference is if you're forced to make a change as a result of something happened in your life, there is anxiety around, I'm not sure I know what I'm doing. When you're shifting in your practice to do something different, there is a level of anxiety, I would say, but it's for me personally, it's more of a curiosity, like, oh, what could be next? But I think it's still, they're equally as kind of wobbly. Okay. So you get into this business, right? Yes. And that was a huge step, huge step. Yes. Now it was, you know, initiated by a crisis, which so many female clients wait until a crisis forces them to get engaged in their finances. And that's why we do what we do, right? Yes. What were some of the optional or intentional shifts you made that were scary that led you to where you are today? I would say the first one is naming my niche. Ooh. That was a little scary. What do you mean? Um, So when you start in this business and you're growing your own practice, you're not buying another practice, you're not working for somebody else, you can take anybody, right? And they want you to. And (laughs) the people who you're working with, yes. So as I did that and then realized that how females are underserved in this industry, and with my life experience, I thought this is not the right way for me. I need to help people who kind of were like me. And they just started to show up. These female investors started to show up in my practice. And I realized this is where my, this is light. This is what lights me up. And this is why I want to get up in the morning. So having to name it and saying, I run an intentional wealth practice for women was challenging in the beginning. Did you have Um, resistance? Was there resistance around you? No, the resistance was internal. (laughs) Oh, yeah. The resistance is totally internal. And what was scary about it? Well, what if I talk to somebody who's male and they're quote unquote, an ideal client, and I tell them I run an intentional wealth practice for women, what will happen? And what did happen? So... Nothing. It's either they say, hey, that's cool. Or they say, tell me more. Or they might have somebody that they're going to refer to me. So any of those iterations, my life is still good and my practice is still good. So I guess the moral of that story is that nothing happens. Yeah, nothing happens, right? And it often intrigues more interest in what you're doing than you would get if you said... Oh, I'm a financial planner and I specialize in retirement. Boring. And there's nothing behind that. When you focus on a cause, I'd say if this was a nonprofit, would you 
just because would you focus on your message or would you change your message to appeal to everybody? No, you focus on your message, right? Right. So that was a big step. And you actually, because of your thoughtful nature, chose Mm. that before you even started coaching with me. Yeah, it it really chose me, Adri. Yes. I love that. Yeah, I love that. And I, I want to go down this path just a little bit. I'm very much a proponent, as I know you are on the law of attraction, whether it's God, whether it's the universe, whether it is. Yeah. When you get crystal clear as to what you want, it appears. And that's what happened. You started to get more clear. Hmm. And part of that journey is not just thinking it, it's saying it. It's saying it and knowing it. What do you mean by knowing it? So I could say I paint houses for a living, right? But I I don't, and I know that I don't. So nobody's going to believe me, right? But when I say I run an intentional wealth practice for women, I know it inside that this is what I do. So the conversation, whether it be with, Existing clients or other people is natural when you know it internally that this is what you're doing. And this is why, again, you get up in the morning. And don't you think, I was just writing a blog about this, that when you say what you own or believe, it is magnetic. Yes. It doesn't matter who you're talking to. Yes. It is magnetic. And it builds a level of trust in people so much faster because if you're willing to share something that is so unique like this, chances are you're going to be pretty honest. Yeah. Yeah. And with my journey to, to where I am now, when that is shared, right, that is true life. And so there's that piece that owning who you are as a, an advisor to your clients and to new people you're talking to has so much power Power. to the the relationship that is about to be or that exists. Love that. Okay. So your first shift was really declaring Mm -hmm. who you were intentional about serving. Okay. Huge. Second shift. Trying to find where is the right place for me to do this? Mm. Um, And I've moved my practice four times. And I finally found where I should be now. And I'm so ecstatic about that. But that was also the shift to that was similar to naming your niche. It is, naming where you feel most comfortable right even though you have clients that might not be as comfortable with that move right so you have to be okay because again if you're if someone is staying in a place that's not a good fit for them no matter what the reason is i feel like that could be a stopgap for growing your practice the way Definitely. you want to grow it. Yeah. I've worked with so many female advisors that have been, you know, across the board, some were in very toxic environments yeah. Yeah. where 
they could not go down that niche. Like I asked you, did you experience resistance? Oh, you know, right. every time they turned around, why are you doing that? You're going to avoid, you're going to limit yep. yourself. Yep. You're going to turn off the men. You're going to do this, this, this. So you were kind of in the middle, right? Mm -hmm. You're very sensitive to how you're feeling and how things are impacting you. But there's this risk of, I built up this clientele, I'm going to lose it. Yeah. Is that the biggest fear? Yeah, I think so. Yes. And did yeah. you? No. <laughs> right, right. And it's, you know, when you say that, right, in that term, fear, right? Yeah. It's the it's similar to when I discuss money with my clients when they have fear. And I say, is it a real fear? Right. No, it's not a real fear. And so same with me. Is it a real fear? No. Yeah, maybe I, you know, I, I had a couple that didn't come with me to the small RA, but that's okay. And then looking at who they were, they're better I didn't off want them. where I was. Yes. Correct. Correct. You just, you know, it's like a strainer, you know, I, you're using yes. a strainer every time you move. Felt, yes. <laughs> and, and all the riffraff stays inside yes. and you toss that out. You know, in the in the old days, I should say, when it was transactional, there was a risk because it, the business was not designed around relationships. Correct. And yeah. I coached a number of financial advisors. I mean, changing firms, it's a lot of work, right? Yeah. So it really needs yeah. to be well thought and know that the environment is going to be better. And sometimes that environment has to do with the people and of course, when they're recruiting you, they're lovely, they're Prince Charming, and then they turn out to be a frog. Yeah. Right? Yes. But there's there's enough due diligence that we can do in this industry to, to hopefully not have to do that or not have that to happen to us. So let's talk about, well, wait, before we go off this, what would mm -hmm. you look at to determine if you're in the right place or not. For you, what were the deciding factors? For me, the deciding factors were, can I run my practice the way I want to run it? And compliance is a big deal. And because of the way I work with people and when I speak or when I have a an event, most times it's not focused on investments and portfolios. So compliance is a little funky with me saying, Oh, I don't really know how we're going to. Oh, this is uncomfortable. Right. <laughs> um, so that, so that was, so running my practice the way I want to run it. Are my clients being serviced the way they should? And am I being supported the way I need to be supported? I think those are the two biggest. So it's interesting because a lot of what we do at Femex Advisor is not a compliance issue. It's just so right. far out of the box right. that most, many of the bigger compliance firms don't even want to go there. Right. And because women advisors are still such a minority under 20%, yeah. And even those financial advisors are still doing it the old fashioned way, mm -hmm. right? 
that can be really, really stifling. Yes. Very stifling. Yes. yes. Um, and there are some great firms that financial advisors really have to weave around. And, mm-hmm. you know, I get it. But I think, too, the how you're being served and how your clients are being yeah. served. Uh, yeah. What were some factors in there? I was on an island, I felt like. Like I was not being supported the way I felt they could support me. And I I needed to have, I needed to be surrounded by other people that had my best interest in mind, Um, whether it be leadership or colleagues. um, When I, before I made the move to the, to journey, that was not happening. And Mm. even though I say I'm running my own practice, I'm doing it the way I want. I also am a people person. I like to share successes or discuss, you know, some challenges or, you know, whatever that might be. And where I was, that didn't happen. Mm. They're too big. Um, So I needed more of a boutique feel. Mm -hmm. And I also have clients and are getting clients that also like that concierge boutique feel and service level. So where does the term or the definition of success come into play throughout this journey? What was originally your filter for success and what is it today? When I, from when I first started? Yeah. Okay, so success for me when I first started was I got to pay bills and I got to make up for lost time. Flat out serious. Now success for me is more who can I help? How can I get out there and help more women and be true to who I am in the process? And do you lose revenues as a result? No, no. So describe your lifestyle today as you're building and serving your clients. Mm. So we made a huge shift a year ago um, and we decided we wanted to see more of the world, this country and other countries, and couldn't do that for my office in Midway, Utah. So we decided to um, travel. And that, from a lifestyle standpoint, has been amazing. And I have to admit, it's been challenging. Um, But what I love about it with my work is, you know, God bless COVID. They let it let (laughs) us into an into into a world where we can talk to people all over the world, wherever we are. And it's Um, acceptable. Yes. And it's almost uh, my clients love it because of the ease. They're not driving and going to see me and, you know, all of that. But that was important for us. I didn't want to wait until I fully 100% retired to go do stuff. And um, aren't you living what you're trying to help your clients yes, experience? Yes, yes, yes. And that is another piece to help people kind of get past the that fear. Like, oh, oh I shouldn't do that. 
I got, I should sell everything and yeah. fit everything in my car. Well, no, it's not for everybody, but there are those pieces of life that we want to experience. And nine times out of 10, money, whether it's a real fear or not, gets in our way, especially as women. So yes. if I can teach people that I came from 15 years ago, losing almost everything we have to where I am now, I it's, it's kind of like weight loss. If I can do it, anybody can do it. And so I feel that this encourages my clients to think out of the box for their yes. life, whether it's current life or retirement or both or hybrid, whatever. Well, it's like parenting, modeling behavior is huge. It plays yeah. a significant role. But I think the success factor, I was just talking to another female advisor the other day, and she said at the beginning, I needed to be in a suit. I needed to be in the corporate office. My numbers were listed in the kitchen and it was all about the money. And I even look at like the Forbes list of top financial advisors. You know, that is primarily driven by numbers and numbers yeah. are important, but it may not be your measure of success. I no, would give no. up revenues to be able to spend more time with my kids. And I look at my career and like you, there were things I wasn't willing, I wasn't willing to sacrifice and no amount of money, even though it's successful. So, you know, you start in this business and there are these filters, you know, go out and find everybody. Don't niche. You're going to limit mm. yourself. Mm. And the constant numbers oh. and growth and growth and how much you get this much and how much you get for, for a lot of people, that's not like you're saying, it's not our measure of success. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I am you look at the numbers and yeah. I want to look at the numbers and I want to grow my practice even now. Um, but it's not my driving force. So it's kind of like you do some business planning like I do. And yeah. I think about what I want to do, how I want to leverage my strengths and what do the numbers look like? But I don't look at those constantly. And yeah. I don't like somebody pushing me. I'm very motivated. Right. I'm very accountable. And when you're pushing a woman like that, it sends them down a wrong path. Yes. So lastly, what's your current challenge? My current challenge is working differently on the road. Meaning, how do I meet new people? Because yes, I get referrals from existing clients, but I want to reach people. If someone wakes up in New York and has had a horrible thing happen in their life and they have a big pot of money and they need somebody like me, I need for them to be able to find me. So yep. that's my biggest challenge is kind of navigating the electronic and the social media world to expand my practice. And I'm, okay. you know, I'm working on it. I'm learning and all that, but that's probably my biggest. Well, and we, we, in our, in our prep call, we kind of talked about the guilt of, cause I experience it too. Oh like, yeah. The, oh, I yeah. yeah. I love my schedule. And yeah. then every once in a while, I feel like I should be at, at the computer. I'm yeah. like, why? Yeah. 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 So, someone I, has to come up with some sort of vitamin that we take. So if you don't 
have to have that guilt anymore because it's ingrained. It is so ingrained. And it's those messages that we were taught from a young age. This is the measurement of success, hard work, long hours, nose to the grindstone. But if you look at the way we as women and our brains work, and it's not limited to women, but it's more more noticeable in women, our brains are going in in three to four times different areas. We never stop and focus. Men can really, most men can really get into that box. As my husband will say, Adrian, I'm in the golf box. I know not to talk to him about anything Mm -hmm. else. It's not going to absorb. For women, that's not the case. So a lot of those measurements of success that we were taught really don't work for us. Right. Right. So how do you get through that guilt? Push it aside. I mean, it's as simple as that. Push it aside. And also we talked about a little bit about there's the practical side. Okay. If it's noon and I don't have any appointments this afternoon and I have nothing that needs to be done from a time standpoint for a client and there's no other administrative things that are hanging, then I can close my computer and go and go for a walk or go grocery shopping or whatever it may be. So it's really taking every day, I think, to what is today going to be? Because tomorrow that might not be practical for me. Tomorrow I might have to be in front of my computer for six hours. Or So it's taking every day as its own and making sure that nothing is going to, nothing needs to be done from a time standpoint and all clients are taken care of that needed to be that day, then go. It is amazing how much, you know, you, you're in the office all the time. And I remember when I was building my practice and I had three little kids at home and I could barely get in eight hours a day and I yeah. was making my numbers and I was surpassing yeah. my numbers. Yeah. And then they would yeah. go away for a week and I'd be in the office at tw- for 12 hours a day and got, and I got less done. Yeah. So managing that calendar is really important. Yes. Yes. And carving out the days for, you know, my coaching are on these days. My golf is on these days. Yeah. And really yeah. sticking to that. And that's when you really get to turn things off and turn things on. Yeah. And I think the expectation also setting that for your clients. Yes. Yes. You know, I, I can't meet anybody at five o'clock because I'm spent by then. Right. Yes. So it's those kind of things. Like you said, managing your calendar, but setting the expectations, with managing clients, expectations. They get, they get it. You yeah. know, you, you, you make an appointment with a doctor and they say, well, he only does follow-up calls on these days. Okay. I'll right. accommodate. Exactly. Right. Exactly. I only do initial same, same. appointments on Tuesday, Thursdays. Right. Or my coaching calls are on Wednesdays and Fridays. There is nothing wrong with saying that and doing that. It's just being clear. Give me one last word of advice that you would want to share with every particularly female advisor that is on this call. What piece of advice would you give her? I would say be true to who you are in everything you do. And don't be afraid of it. Be true to who you are and don't be afraid of it. Is that a gut thing or is that a brain thing? That's a gut thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And it's a heart thing. It's heart and it's gut. 
And we do have what they call women's intuition. Listen, listen. Mm -hmm. It's, Mm -hmm. it's also called diffused awareness and it, it sends, we're picking up data from all around us and it's sending messages to us. The business world never valued intuition because they couldn't wrap their, their hands around it. It is a very, real and viable source of focus, direction, and where you need to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you exactly. have done an amazing job, Kathleen, and I, I know that the women are going to love this podcast. For those of you that if you loved what you heard today, share it. If you want a new approach to building a female-friendly practice, visit us at femexadvisor.com. And book a strategy call. Let's figure out, is is this something that will help you? Fabulous, Kathleen. Keep following your heart, traveling the world. Yes. (laughs) And living your definition of success. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Femex Advisor Podcast with Adri Miller-Heckman. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available and connect with Adri on LinkedIn. To learn more, visit Adri's website at femexadvisor.com. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Femex Advisor. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only.